Off the ball. Cristiano Ronaldo was offered to numerous clubs in the summer and no deal could have been done. Subscribe now to the OTB Football Podcast stream wherever you get your podcasts and download the OTB Sports app. The Football Kickoff with Sky. Watch every single live Premier League game on Sky Sports, BT Sport and Premier Sports. Welcome along to the Football Kickoff with Sky. All the football you love in one place across Sky Sports, BT Sport and Premier Sports. Make sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel. That is Off the Ball. You'll catch us each Friday. Looking forward to all the Premier League action. Delighted to say we've got former Ireland winger Stephen Hunt with us and Colin Buig as well. Stephen, how are you getting on? Good afternoon, lads. And Colin Buig is here with me as well. How are you, Colin? Well, and Stephen, how are we? I'm looking, like forward. I'm looking forward to this weekend, Colin. I mean, this is a pretty uh, tasty one. You've got Arsenal going in as a team who are in form in Europe and in the Premier League. Eight games in, just the one defeat. Sitting top of the Premier League ahead of playing a Liverpool team who are out of sorts. Mm-hmm. This is a tasty weekend. Very tasty. Arsenal 11 points clear of Liverpool, albeit with a game more played. This is a remarkable stat about this heading into Arsenal-Liverpool. As you say, Will, by the description of Arsenal there that you've just outlined, they're probably favourites for this match, yet they have not scored in their last six games against Liverpool. So this could be it for this weekend. You'd be surprised if it wasn't it. Liverpool are, for me, out of sorts. Not just saying that as a Manchester United fan in great delight and glee, but they don't seem to be the team that they once were. Is it the seven-year itch with Jurgen Klopp that happened at Borussia Dortmund and Mines? Could be happening at Liverpool again, but Arsenal look really, really good. But at the same time, in the grander scheme of things, if Arsenal are the biggest threat to Manchester City this season, I think we're in for a one-horse race. Mm. Arsenal going in first position, Liverpool in ninth. This is Sunday at half past four. You can watch it on Sky Sports and also Stephen Doyle and Kenny Cunningham will have commentary here and off the ball. Stephen, to start the ball running on Arsenal then, I mean, very impressive start. This has been a good first 10 games or so into the season. But how impressed have you been by Arsenal so far? Yeah, they've been their mental strength is the most the most impressive side of their game at the moment. They seem pretty relentless in terms of trying to win games. Uh, the foot is on the gas at the moment. It's just listen. I, I actually think this might be the first blip in the road in terms of Liverpool might turn up of old and and give them a right good hiding to a certain degree in terms of you're in the big boy league now Arsenal what have you got kind of thing so listen they're going really well Arsenal there's no doubt about that they look like they can handle a bit of pressure better than what they have done over the last few years so it'll be a great game for sure The only blip on the copybook Stephen really for Arsenal so far is that game away to Manchester United at Old Trafford where um, they ripped through their defence a few times during the game and Arsenal were beaten despite playing quite well in different stages of that game is that the fear you have against Liverpool this weekend that they might be susceptible at the back? Yeah, I think if you, if you look at Arsenal's team, you've got a centre-back playing right back. If you're Jurgen Klopp and you go through the whole team, you go, right, OK, Ben White, right back. He's done a good job there. He's not fluent going forward, but he's been steady. But defensively, left one-on-one against a good Liverpool left winger, it could cause some problems for sure. Column. Your take on Arsenal then? I mean, you were kind of giving us the old, this might be, you know, Liverpool coming towards an end with Jurgen Klopp. I'm paraphrasing you yeah. slightly here, uh-huh. so I'm going to allow you to dig yourself out of that one. But tell us about Arsenal first. No, I'll dig deeper there. <laughs> this could be the end. I think uh, Arsenal, they've just been really impressive purely because of Mikel Arteta. Like, I don't know, uh, Stephen, if you watched the All or Nothing Arsenal series, but I was really, really impressed by Arteta and the way he went about his business. There's definitely a big pang of Pep Guardiola off him, understandably, but he's his own man as well. And I think when he got rid of the likes of uh, Aubameyang and Lacazette and a couple of others the players that he's brought, brought in have really bought into his tactics and I think that the reason that Arsenal have been 
so good so far this season it's purely down to the man in charge they're really buying into him I personally did not think that Gabriel Jesus is as good as he is I really thought when Arsenal signed both himself and Zinchenko for Manchester City I remember goading Owen Shea and live on air being like sure you're signing City rejects how much further can you go here and I was, it was you know partially tongue in cheek but I did not think that Jesus was going to be as good as turns he has out, been. Turns out him and Zinchenko weren't bad. They, they were, just weren't good and enough. It, for well, it just goes to show how good City were. And I think if it wasn't for uh, a man called Erling, we'd be talking about Jesus even more because it's not just the goals, it's all around play. And he's added such a huge dimension to Arsenal's final third. And I do think that come the end of the season, there's no reason that they shouldn't be the second best team in the league. I, I'm interested to hear Stephen thinking that this could be the weekend where they fall up. Uh, or that maybe Liverpool will come back into it but for me I just think Arsenal are actually genuinely the better outfit at the moment mm. Stephen you're taking Gabriel yeah. Jesus I mean potentially he could be Brazil's starting striker for the World Cup next month but you know what there's a lot of sense in the transfer it wouldn't have made that much sense when we looked at as you're right City reject but the manager has played has, has coached the two of them so he knows exactly his plan of plays for his team so he knew they would fit into the team even with Kieran and Tierney at left back you never thought he would have brought in the left-back from City to come in. Jesus is leading the line like a proper number nine that none of us thought he was capable of doing because so many times at City he played left wing, he played right wing, he played as a number 10 just for 10-15 minutes. So to, to have a proper number nine that leads the line with a high press and then capable of running in behind gives great faith to Saka playing on the wing. The wingers, whoever playing left wing is gone left my head now but Saka playing on the right wing can come inside look for him one twos you're, you're on a winner straight away when you know you have someone to connect with from a wide point of view obviously being a winger you've got someone like that that's willing to run in behind come short and be strong that's he's been his most impressive bit this year is his hold up play he's running people into play he's strong he's holding off centre backs and he's so sharp with the ball we always got the feeling that was the case but when you're playing 10-15 minutes you never get to show your complete game and he's definitely shown it now yeah Colin, there's loads of ammunition there behind Martinelli mm. Odegaard Saka setting the chances from the start of the season so uh, Gabriel Jesus got good support the one I was interested in though um, we're talking about on the show last night and again I saw Thierry Henry's comments from the Champions League coverage I think in the US during the week yeah. where he's talking about Grant Jacket and how Jacket oh has turned God. around you know, once upon a time this is a player that Arsenal fans wanted out of the club he was getting cards he uh, took off his shirt petulantly that time yeah. understandably didn't exactly endear himself to his own supporters mm. but now Granit Xhaka is showing the player that maybe we saw with Switzerland a few times. Yeah, well, he's always a fine player. A great football manager signing back in the day, Granit Xhaka. Great to have in your team. And then in real life, when you saw him first properly, you thought, oh, like, technically, there's no question about this guy, but it was always a temperament. I am absolutely shocked that he came back from that Crystal Palace incident when, like, he's telling the fans to F off if he's going off the pitch. Like, you can clearly see him saying that. And, like, Steve, like, you remember the Arsenal fans just booing him, like, so loudly that it came through no matter what device you were watching on. But for me, I go back to the All or Nothing documentary again, maybe because it's fresh in the mind but I just thought he came across so well and I was surprised by I was surprised by how popular he was in the dressing room and how charming he is and uh, I guess he brings up onto the pitch and when he feels a bit loved then you can see the best Xhaka now Q 48 hours time Xhaka straight red card for a two footer on Alexander Arnold and we're like oh here we go granite again but if you can kind of tame the beast within Xhaka to the modern football standards you have a hell of a technically gifted player who seems to be an inspirational figure among younger teammates Stephen where are Liverpool at? Uh, this is now two weeks in a row Brighton 
Everton because they didn't have a game in between because the Chelsea game was all falling the past and the Queen so they dropped points in their last two games two wins and seven in the Premier League so far okay they played well against Rangers midweek in the Champions League but where are Liverpool at Stephen? Very difficult to say uh, Jordan Henderson come in during the week and, and almost steady the ship with a real workmanlike performance but also really observant in terms of where the play is at where Liverpool are at and played Sometimes the basic balls that made their teammates run after it and, and get after them again. I'm not too sure where Liverpool are at, if I'm honest with you. Uh, I do expect a big performance and I do expect them to go back to the 4-3-3 formation away from home. I think Rangers will, it's almost like a just do enough to win this game because they're not good enough to hurt us if we can keep a clean sheet. So, very difficult to get anything out of that. What I would say is that he is trying to rally him. He maybe tried something different just to refresh their brains during the week with a 4-4-2 formation. But I do expect a big performance from, from Liverpool and I expect to be a lot of goals in the game. I think Liverpool will come out on top. Stephen, do you think Jurgen Klopp will build another great Liverpool side? <sighs> do you know what? He's done so remarkably well the last four or five years, seven years now, to be honest with you, in terms of building teams. He, he didn't exactly catch fire straight away when he first come. You look at Diaz left wing, he is wonderful to watch and he is very skillful. Will he get you 15, 20 goals? Is Firmino capable of scoring 15, 20 goals? He looks like he's got a bit between his teeth and he's on it at the moment. So I think he'll have a successful season. Salah at the moment is proven why not to give people new contracts mm. sometimes. So he needs to find his feet again. I do expect him actually to target the left back of, of Arsenal and, and go after him defensively. I think Packham wise he's very good, but defensively in between the lines, I don't think he defends his box very well. So I do think Liverpool will get joy from wide areas on Saturday on, on Sunday, sorry, and cause problems. Yeah, I wonder how much this is down to FSG as well, Colin. It's down to Alan Quinlan, not just, you know, former Ireland and Munster rugby player, but a massive Liverpool fan yeah, yeah. on the way out of the office this morning. And Quinny was making a point that it was Liverpool's midfield has been crying out for investment for two or three years. FSG held off. OK, they gave over quite a bit of money for Darwin Nunes, but some of that was funded by Sadio Mane leaving. Mm. That in many ways, they should have given Klopp the money to reinvest into midfield and then Liverpool wouldn't have the issues they have right now. Yeah, totally. I mean, I said it to another resident OTB fan and Phil Egan. Remember we were doing our pre-season uh, preview unofficially in the office and I said to Phil Stephen I said like I'm not so sure about Liverpool this season half kind of goading him just to see if Phil would react but he completely agreed and he Phil nailed it like he said the midfield hasn't been replenished it's just, it's just not fresh enough uh, especially to deal with the rivals and look there's a big talk of Jude Bellingham arriving in the summer of 2023 and maybe look maybe that will kind of rejuvenate or re-energise Liverpool's midfield but I think that might be a bit too late like and I'm not sure what your club status will be then. Can you imagine what the transfer market com- competition is going to be to get you Bellingham as well? Totally. Madrid will want him. Definitely, I think Man City will want him too. It's going to be very difficult for Liverpool to sign him. Yeah, unless he has, um, unless he's mad into Liverpool and like he's a Birmingham lad. Like I don't think he's going to choose Liverpool over other clubs that you've just mentioned. Like why would he not go to Man City if Pep's saying like I want you in my midfield and you're going to be supporting your old buddy up front? Like you know why wouldn't he do that so for me like I think Liverpool are in a real tight spot and they're kind of relying on one last bit of magic from Klopp to not see them over the line or anything but just to rejuvenate a season that is in danger of seriously petering out and I think they really miss Sadio Mane but I'm just kind of almost shocked about Salah's not demise but he's just so off it and Stephen might be right like a new contract you know equals 
Lessening motivation sometimes. Mm. Maybe that's the case of Salah. That is a big game of the weekend. That's 4.30 on Sunday on Sky Sports. Now, the late kickoff, very unusual one because this is BT's yeah. pick for the weekend and was pushed back because Manchester United were in Nicosia last night in the Europa League. So, 7 pm start, BT Sport on Sunday is Everton against Manchester United at Goodison Park. Again, Stephen, when it comes to Manchester United, John Giles last night said that they were horrific last week. He said they were so disappointing in their application within the game against Manchester City in the Manchester Derby. They had to eke it out a bit against Neil Lennon's side last night in Europe. Do we expect a response from Manchester United when they go out in the pitch at Goodison? Yeah, I think going to Goodison at the moment is not an easy thing. Frank Lampard has got a bit of momentum and a couple of back-to-back wins, but for me, United should go there and win the game. I, I went live to watch them versus West Ham when they beat West Ham. They weren't exactly fluent and missing some players, but United had to start on the front foot and show the form they had before the Man City game. And then I think they will they will actually win the game quite comfortably in the end. I think comes Sunday, 7 o'clock, did you say? Random yeah, point yeah. of the game, but I'm quite happy with that because I'll be travelling back from London. I'm going to West Ham, so I should get back in time for that and sit down to a Sunday evening game which would be nice so uh, listen I think United will win the game I think Rashford has, has got a World Cup to play for Sancho's got a World Cup to play for there's a lot of motivation in the next six weeks for some of their bigger players and they need to turn up if, if they don't turn up they won't be on the plane so I know what it's like sometimes if you're injury free and you have something to look forward to six, seven weeks ahead then you then, you then pull the pull your finger out and, and produce and both of them need to score goals and, and assist to be on the plane Colm, are we going to get to see Casemiro? He played in Europe last night, so did Cristiano. Sure. Does that mean he actually plays? Ah, lads, if he doesn't play now, he's he's going to go into the office and be like, why, why did I, I'm still in my probation like first six months, can I just leave with a one-week notice like, and go back to Madrid because uh, well, it's a waste of time for him otherwise. Huh? Well, I put my medals on the table. Yeah, so yeah. I can oh, the totally. Yeah. Now, having said that, right, he should be playing. He should be playing as much as possible to get him up to speed and we get the benefit of Casemiro. I think he's been quite poor in the bit I've seen of him. I think his passing is like massively underwhelming. It's not why he was signed. In both, no, but I mean, ah, but he kept the ball. I mean, he wouldn't be playing in Madrid midfield if he can't keep the ball. But it's like his, his short end, especially his long term, his lack of accuracy in his long range passing is like startling for that level. But obviously, like you, like, like you say, he's there for his defensive qualities. We have to start seeing him regularly because I don't think you're going to get the benefit from Casemiro if you just bring him on for cameos. It, mm. it is pointless. Now look, it's fairly early days in the grand scheme of things. What will be like early October? Like this could all change. In a month's time we'll be talking about I presume the reason the column that Malassia yeah. and Anthony were able to go directly into the team is because they knew Ten Hag's way of playing football. And they were fit. Yeah. Well, they were fit. I would. I. I think Anthony hadn't played. Hadn't trained for a couple of weeks. Before. He seems really sharp to me. Mm. I, and Casemiro doesn't seem fit at all to me when he comes on. Like he is breathing heavily. Like I was watching him last night in the Europa League, like struggling at times, seriously struggling. But the only way you get that out of your system is by playing games. So they're going to have to throw him in. I don't see any reason why you wouldn't play him. Like McTominay's fine. He gets a lot of criticism. McTominay gives you his all. Like you can't criticize someone who does that. But we got to start seeing more of Casemiro. And then actually suddenly, speaking of midfields, you actually have a really exciting trio with Eriksson and Fernandes ahead of Casemiro. And if that gels, like, that's one of the better midfields in the Premier League. And that's exciting. Yeah, that's to fit together though. Everton, Stephen, what do you think of them? From the point of view, when he come in and when he signed Casemiro, they were very much in disarray, right? Yeah. And for a, for a manager to have a real, real good pro and a real winner in the books, you would pay a lot of money for him. Now, I think they paid over the odds for him, for sure. But I think they needed somebody off the pitch to be a real leader Monday to Friday where the real work is done 
before a Saturday to get the best out of him. So I can imagine him putting his arm around McTominay, going well played, lad, very good, supporting him. Obviously, the likes of Ericsson as well doesn't need support his experience enough, but you'd pay a lot of money to have a real good sort in the dressing room. And it looks that's, that's the case because he's not playing as much, but I think Monday to Friday he's had a big impact in the squad. Well, don't forget, all the football you want each weekend is with Thanks to Sky. It is available across Sky Sports, BT Sport, and also on Premier Sports. I might talk about the Premier Sports game column from Saturday because Man City have got that opportunity to put a bit of pressure onto Arsenal uh, by winning against Southampton. We can't start anywhere else but Erling Haaland. 19 goals, 12 games, ripping it up, consecutive hat-tricks. I mean, there's not a whole lot more we can really say about the brilliance that we've seen so far. But again, he was rested midweek to have him ready to take on Gavin Bazunu and Southampton this week. <laughs> he was rested with two goals scored, came off at half time. Like he's like he's like a fella. He's like a 15 year old playing under 12 level, and it's like like the only hope we have with Haaland is that he himself gets bored of scoring goals and he wants to move on to something else and do something else and like like maybe he can hook up with there Stephen and get a job somewhere else. Like and maybe maybe move into the world of acting or something else because like. Jar pointed out a few weeks ago, right? He's like, the future for Haaland could be Hollywood. And we all kind of laughed. And then when the laughter subsided, we were like, actually, I could see that. He'll be like The Rock. He'll be like Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Because it's not fair, Will. His talent is, it's unfair for competition. Like, this guy has everything. It's like when you create a player in FIFA and give his stats 99 out of 100. He's just so far ahead of anyone else. And like, God love Gavin Bazuno this weekend. Yeah, Bournemouth were able to stop him Stephen earlier this season so maybe Southampton a fellow South Coast team might be able to frustrate them at the Etihad tomorrow but Haaland comes into this just in ridiculous form really and like sometimes when a player goes into this kind of groove it looks like they're not going to stop scoring Yeah for me he scores I'm looking even at his goals as we speak he scores a lot of his goals at the back post or the middle of the goal so why not overload the full back to allow the winger behind him to be free and just double mark him when the ball's coming in the box because right now there's no one can get close to him his movement of two or three yards is just way too sharp for any defender so why not the full back just an idea from a, a coaching point of view the full back to come inside literally be marking the centre back as well and just leave the winger free because right now he's tearing the whole place apart he ain't human he's a machine even the Copenhagen goalkeeper was saying to Jack Grealish and <laughs> It, it ain't real like if you're playing against them you just you think oh how's he done it again how's it us and then you're all hoping that from being an ex-Premier League player you're going right come on lads let's be the first to, to keep him out but it's impossible at the moment and he seems to have the knack to be in the right place right time and I think Stephen like, the, real, the real fear is that he's lifting everyone else's games around him too so you have someone like Kevin De Bruyne or Bernardo Silva who who have even more confidence in their final ball knowing that if they put this anywhere close related to the right area this guy's going to get onto it and they know as well that defensive opposition are aware that if this ball is in any way loose or way out of my control Haaland's going to pounce like is there any for you weakness in this Manchester City side that first of all Southampton can target and then wider what can other teams do to combat this City dominance? There's no weakness from a Man City point of view going into today, into the game on Saturday because if they score two Southampton they're just going to score three <laughs> Man City so they might have an off day in front of goal it hasn't happened so far so it's very hard to see but like you got six foot five Haaland attacking a ball where he has no fear whatsoever where he's going to get a cut he's going to stick his head in there he's very so athletic with his legs in terms of 
wrapping it around the back post to, to, to finish him off. There's no real weakness. Maybe the right back area with Kyle Walker being injured and the young boy coming in during the week, but you expect him just to win the game by scoring goals and and not knowing that if they do concede two, which they might do, because you yeah. never know if Man City did have the have the capacity to leak a few goals every now and again and I don't think Nathan Lackey is the best centre half to mark players either. So they'll have a chance, Sam, for sure. Surely that's it. Central defence, isn't it? I mean they're not absolutely brilliant at the back. No, but they protect no, the, they protect themselves yeah. so well though, Colin. I know. Like I'm just clutching they, here they, they can just score goals, lads, whenever they want at the moment. It's on tap and if they need four goals, they'll score four goals to beat them. So uh, maybe both teams to score actually probably a good bet if we're encouraging that. Three o'clock kickoff, that one. Premier Sports, Man City against Southampton. First live game of the weekend. After that, you've got Sky Sports for Brighton against Tottenham, which is the tea time game at half past five on Saturday. Um, Tottenham look a little bit out of sorts at the mm. moment, Colm. Um, didn't play well in the North London derby last week. No. Uh, were held to a draw by Entrick Frankfurt midweek in the Champions League. And they go to a Brighton team who maybe will feel a little bit unlucky not to have got more than one point from Liverpool last week. They were fantastic in Anfield. Really brilliant, Trossard and Cole. Uh, Deserby started fantastically well there. Probably deserved three points. I think Klopp even admitted so that they were lucky to get a draw. Um, and it's a great time to play Spurs because so fascinating with Antonio Conte and it's the theme of the conversation this morning is going back to these powerful managers but uh, Conte seemingly got everything he wanted in the summer every player and was given a load of money to, sign, to spend and it seems like everybody's buying into him like they weren't with Nuno a year ago and yet they're in the sticky spots where they're, they're actually not that attractive to watch and I do wonder maybe this is premature to say but how long more this will go on for before Conte comes out with the Burnley last season and says post-match like I don't know how to get more out of this team and I think you're constantly on a slippery slope with Conte's commitment to your club because he's a genius but he's always one eye out the door and I think Spurs would be desperate to perform in order to keep Conte because he's drilled this level of fitness into them which is supreme that's why we're not seeing Matt Daugherty in the team Mm he's not fit enough to play according to Conte but what they are lacking is a bit of spark and it's it's the lack of lack of creativity and ruthlessness up front which if I was a Spurs fan I'd be a bit concerned with and if I was a Brighton supporter going into this weekend I'd be fully confident to get at least a point out of this game probably more Stephen why is the spark missing for Spurs then? Oh lads you're jumping on the bandwagon I, I, I'm okay to disagree with you right? By all means Please yeah I do I think Spurs are fine. You go back to Leicester, they scored six goals at home only two or three games ago and were very efficient in front of the goal. Yes, they got beat by Arsenal on the day. They had an off day. They're lying third place, four points behind Arsenal, the greatest rival who they lost to last week. I don't think there's any real panic within the camp. I wouldn't expect it to be from Conte being the experienced manager. I think McAllison needs to score more goals. Kulikowski needs to score more goals. Son, Hasn't had the best of form, but I still think with his work rate and attitude, we'll come back to Harry Kane passing him, passing him in, sliding him in for more goals. So I think Rick Allison has upset the balance of the team, I would say, in terms of he's very floaty. He doesn't stick to the right wing, left wing. He's very hard to pin down. So that makes Harry Kane's game a little bit more floatier for him. So, But I do think they're fine. Arsenal, obviously Tottenham, is, is going to get criticised for the manner of defeat and, and the sending off. Just on the Matt Doherty thing, I don't think Matt Doherty's been in better shape in all his life. He looks slim, he looks ready to rock. He just needs the game match fitness, in my opinion, to, to get up to speed. And he might get that now, because, listen, Conte didn't want to lose him in the transfer window. I know that for a fact. And 
He's got a good relationship with Harry Kane. He's got a good relationship with Dyer. That'll tell you that they're, they're good pros and they're good around the place. So don't panic, Spurs fans. I think they're good to go. Just on Matt Doherty, do we reckon at this stage, Stephen, he is going to come into the team for the next couple of games now with the suspension for Emerson? Because there, well, is, that, there is that option to play Perisic over there either. Yes, there's an option to play Perisic. There's an option to play Jed Spence, who obviously they signed for a few quid. But I think you'll have to be loyal to Matt in terms of, I actually don't think he's done that bad for him. He's done all right for him. So I think he will pick Matt Doherty to play in these games, definitely the next one, and then see how they go from there. So, listen, I think he's okay, Matt. I think he needs to get himself going to the level that he's happy with. But one thing I do know about Matt, he's not stupid. He's a very intelligent footballer. and He knows he can play better. He'll tell you himself. So I'm looking forward to the games. It's probably one of the the closest games of the weekend for sure. Stephen, what have you made of Brighton? Because obviously a lot of the praise for the way that Brighton had started the season went towards Graham Potter. People wondered after Potter had moved to Chelsea, new management team comes in, how are they going to get on going to Anfield? I thought they were very good last week. Are we now coming to terms with the fact that Brighton are actually quite a good side and this wasn't just um, a bit of a freak start to the season? Uh, listen, I think the new manager obviously coming in will have a big impact, a big kick from initially from the start. Over a longer period of time, will the new manager be judged? I think he's come with a very good reputation. All you can do with Brighton is judge him on their previous business. And for the last three or four years, they haven't got many things wrong in terms of recruitment, in terms of the managers. They've made a tough decision to get rid of Chris Hewton at the time. They weren't they weren't in the relegation zone or anything, if I'm right in saying. They were just hovering. Mm. And they brought in Potter, who at the time all seemed a bit bonkers in his way of management. But... I know for a fact that their their recruitment. I've got one of their one of their brightest young players there, and they're at the head of the game in terms of recruitment. They're on the ball with players. They're efficient. My one of my players choose to go there instead of Man United, Arsenal, Barcelona. So that will tell you where they're at and how they see young players and how they develop them. So he's in a good place. Uh, the new manager. He's coming into a good setup. He is expansive in his way of playing as well, which obviously they have been. So it fits the bill. All right, the other TV game that we have is Sunday afternoon. You can listen to it on, here on OTP as well. Brian Kerr is going to be alongside Nathan Murphy for Crystal Palace against Leeds, but it's also available on Sky Sports 2pm on Sunday. Colin Buick, how's Palace against Leeds going to go? I would say, uh, if I'm going to give you a scoreline prediction, I'm going to go for a Desmond... Here's a scoreline prediction. A Desmond, yeah, a Desmond 2-2, right? I'd right. say this will be a, a score draw all day long. Um, Palace was so good under Vieira. I really I really like I don't think actually like they're reflective of where they actually should be I think he's developed that squad brilliantly because when he took over like kind of feared a bit for Palace not just because of Vieira's um, absence of experience in the Premier League as a manager but I just didn't think they had the personnel but he seems to be getting players to play above themselves um Eze is a fine player as well and uh, Zaha I thought he would have eventually lost his motivation by not getting a move to a bigger club that he wanted but I think playing under Vieira actually massively helps and they're kind of buying into him. Uh, as for Leeds as well, um, they've been very good and they have a manager with a bit of an edge, which I didn't think was going to be the case. Uh, but I think this is going to be an entertaining draw and actually would probably be low-key one of the better games this weekend. Stephen, do you go along with that? Yeah, I think it's. Uh, I think Palace are in a false position in terms of the league table. They are looking at fourth and bottom for six points. I think they'll be keen, again, to just stick to the performance in terms of the manager's press, yeah, our performances are good. They have recruited really well, Palace as well. So, 
Leeds, at the same time, the manager does have an edge, and I expect it to be an attack-minded game from both teams. There we go. What about yourself? Prediction? Yeah, I think there's going to be goals in this one. I think yeah. of, of all the games we've talked about right now, I mean, I think there'll be goals in Arsenal against Liverpool as well, but Sunday yeah. might be a bit of a goal fest across the board. I think this one will definitely have goals in it at both ends. I like Palace at home particularly. I think they're yeah. really, really good. Even thinking about the game they lost against Arsenal at the start of the season, they played really well, and the scoreline maybe wasn't reflective. It got beaten by a couple of goals. But Palace are still, they're very, very good at teams who take it at them as well, and they're very good at counter-attacking. So. Have you gone to Setters Park ever? No, it's one of those grounds I want to go to. Is it a good one to play in, Steve? Yeah. Palace is amazing ground. Uh, I started my career there as a YTS in 97, 98 in the Premier League. I've been going three or four years. And uh, right from then, the ground hasn't changed a bit. Maybe the hospitality has got a bit better. Mm. But the, the ground has remained the same and the atmosphere has remained the same. Behind the goal, it's electric. It's almost mafia-type-like, Italian-type behind the goal. And they make some noise there. So... I expect a great atmosphere in the game. I do. I think I agree with you guys. There will be goals in the game. He was moaning Jesse last week about uh, Aston Villa coming up to slow the game down, so he can't exactly go away from home the week later and, and slow the game down. So I expect him to go at it as well and be a good game. Yeah, might be the sleeper game of the weekend. Go on, Colin. Glad all over. Belter of a tune. Yeah. They get it. They get it going. Oh, unbelievable! I sometimes just throw that on YouTube and just sing along to it. It's amazing. Kind of wish I was a Palace fan after all these years. But it started too early with United. Can't go back. Great well, stadium. I, I had the, the privilege of being a young lad when they were in the, in the Premier League with Lombardo. Remember him? Oh, unbelievable! Yeah, it was great. It, it, he was a, a fantastic goal. A lot I learned off actually. To be fair, but the atmosphere they created when he was playing and he come alive he was playing on the wing and was electric so and, and I agree with you Saha has been a, a, a surprise to me that his form has continued the way it is but fair play he's, he's, he's doing well Ah the bald eagle playing for the eagles as, <laughs> as good a line to leave it as anywhere today lads I'd say the football kickoff is with thanks to Sky all the football you love in one place across Sky Sports BT Sport and Premier Sport we'll be back around half past 11 next Friday to look forward to next week's Premier League Colin Boog many thanks thanks Stephen thanks a million as well Guys. All the best. Talk to you soon. Thanks a million. The football kickoff with Sky. Watch every single live Premier League game on Sky Sports, BT Sport, and Premier Sports.